0: In episode 51, we have a first in six in the mix history, a repeat guest, Kenny Snow. And we are on location in Cape Coral, Florida. That's right. Don opened up the bank and allowed me to travel down to Florida to be here for episode 51. Uh, we're we're going to have a great time. We're going to focus our say what and amen battles on recent politics. Uh, we will do a little truth in tunes trivia I've got a good feeling about, uh, about this one today. We're going to talk about finding a church home, and Kenny is going to close us out in Fix Your Eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking faith.
1: But we pray to a God uh,
0: who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on Jesus
1: family and my dad i think enjoyed that more than than any of us put together but every time we'd get around thanksgiving he he would name all of all of our friends you know by name Mm -hmm. and uh it just it was that was a great that was a great time
2: sports well i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the brett Favre pass and i'm gonna say that one is probably the most perplexing would have taken us to the super bowl right that was the nfc championship that's correct yeah so yep. yeah, just like the the Falcon, Scary Anderson miss. It's just unfortunate.
3: In politics, I was supremely disappointed with the Supreme Court's decision of the healthcare. Join us on our journey.
0: Again, we welcome you to episode fifty-one of Six in the Mix. Uh, as a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page. Probably the best place to get a hold of us. Uh, you can find our videos on YouTube, and again, please share with friends and family uh, who need to laugh and be encouraged, and be encouraged to pursue Christ uh, in their daily journey. So, Kenny, you're obviously our second uh, or our first guest that's returned, uh, and it's fantastic. So why don't you, it's been about, what, 10 months since you have, uh, you've joined us. Catch us up on, uh, on where you're at, uh, what's been going on in your life.
4: All right. Well, thanks again for having me. I do appreciate it, being the first repeat. Um, it's an honor I'll uh, carry to my grave. Um, but no, it's, it's been a pretty incredible first year down here in Cape Coral. I got to say, you know, working remotely, uh, working for a credit union in Minnesota, writing mortgages for people. And they have no, no idea where I am. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool deal and it's really worked really well. I'm actually thriving in the position. Um, the credit union has actually given me more responsibility. Um, I'm underwriting loans on the weekends, like RVs and snowmobiles and, fish houses and it's just uh it's actually been quite incredible so an opportunity to make even more income on the weekends which has been really nice um as far as us kind of getting you know acquisition down here you know Sadie and Macy have been doing a great job um they kind of have to because that you know they don't Sadie doesn't work Sadie's trying to find uh she does piano lessons so she teaches piano uh, students and she's found I think um, seven or eight students. So to do that, she had to kind of go out and uh, meet some people. Um, so that's been kind of cool for her. She's got some students. Uh, Macy's been involved in a Christian school, Classical Christian Academy down here. Um, the price tag was a, been a little uh, shocking for us <laughs> for Christian school, but uh, we wanted to plug her in. So as you guys all know, if if it's something that's important to us, you find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been, she's actually starting a volleyball clinic right now. She's, uh, so she learned how to play volleyball a little bit better. Um, she's, she actually got to start on their little sixth through eighth grade team last year. So that was, that was really cool because uh, she's never played any organized athletics. And we, uh, we took her out of anything in Minnesota when, when all the COVID stuff happened and they wanted people, you know, they wanted kids to play athletics with a mask on, we said, well, that's that's not happening. So, um, but down here, they, they're not doing that garbage here. So so that's been encouraging. The other kind of cool thing, and um, I know Coach Mac watches this sometimes, but um, I have dabbled into the world of coaching. So I coached uh, third through fifth graders, which um, don't recommend. <laughs> what, what sport uh, so I coach I coach basketball okay and um actually the cool thing about this is again I've never coached in my life and uh, so I got in there I'm like yeah I'll help you guys out and we were like 12 and 4 so I told uh, I told the AD I'm like just so you know I'm I'm gonna retire and she goes what, what do you mean I'm like I'm like well I want to make sure I go down in history with a winning record I said so, <laughs> so she's like no no you're not so i'm like all right I'll, I'll give it one more year at least but now i'm coaching soccer that's where a coach mac would be uh, either scared or proud or both i'm not sure but um yeah i'm coaching soccer to these third through fifth graders and I, they have the attention span of a nat i mean it's like you got three seconds with them and they're gone i mean it's, it's unbelievable so, so and the thing is the parents are all there they're watching you coach Cause they're all, they're there cause it's, 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 it's a small program. So the kids bring them to the, to the, or the parents bring them to the field. They watch the practices. And so I'm like holding back everything I can to not rip these kids a new one. Like, can you just listen for two seconds? <laughs> you know, We have, we have a one, one, one hour practice a week and <laughs> it's like, that's it. And then we have Saturday games and, uh, but it's, it's actually a lot of fun. It's uh, so it's been pretty fun. We've, we're not fully plugged in. Um, we're still working on finding that church, which is uh, one of the topics that we're going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but ultimately we've been able to meet some good people, some good, some good, uh, start of some potential friendships and no regrets. I think Don asked me a couple months ago or several months ago, he goes, have you regretted it yet? And I'm literally no regrets. It has been, it's just been everything we thought it would possibly be. So Kenny, I want to, I want to know how often you have used that swimming pool of yours. You know what? It's not as often as people would think. So it's what we actually go. We go weeks sometimes without without going in it. But it's starting to get a little oily here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was telling yep. Matt that earlier. It's <laughs> uh, so yeah, it got a little oily. So um, when that happens, uh, I'll be in it probably, you know, four or five times a week because it's just so blasted hot, and I you just you just get in that pool and it is just amazing. <laughs> it is the best feeling. <laughs> so. Yeah, more so. But we did buy a pool heater so we could it. use it because we—it's actually too cold during the winter here. Um, the pool gets down into the 60s, and so we bought a pool heater so Macy can use it in the in the wind in the you know winter. Sure.
5: Yeah.
4: So, uh, but yeah, it's it's still it's it's pretty amazing having it. And then pretty soon you're gonna put one of those
1: big glass domes over it so you you know you can just well, trap all that heat going into greenhouse mode.
4: Man that could be next right now we have the lanai yeah. so it's caged in but yeah it's not we don't have the glassed in greenhouse feeling yet
1: yeah everybody in florida i got my lanai i got, got a lanai, lanai. I, I don't i'm i'm putting should. one in wisconsin i don't you care should. just open it up just
4: open it up start a new trend exactly yeah, i mean you know, sure. when i when i moved down here they're like yeah we're going to look at the lanai and i'm like what's what's a lanai yeah, right. You just have no Literally, idea. I don't even know what that is. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, so <laughs> J- Jeremy, do you have a pool to put a lanai up on, or or just get the hot tub? Lanai, and then no. What, 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 we're, we're, we just, it. we're just
1: going to open it up to our our, our mud room. It's it's like a three seasons room, and okay. you, we might as well act like you know we're in Florida and just kind of you know will the will the heat to come down here and. But if I'm really not ever sick, buy that hot tub. No, no, I didn't <laughs> buy a hot tub.
5: No. Oh.
1: I, I actually had a couple on the line and I was going to buy them. And then it, it, you know, was really cold and I'm like, I really don't have anywhere to put it. So I've still got my eye as I've got my eye on two right now that we're still looking at. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. am going to put the Lanai out there and That's just, right. you know, open it up, man. Hot tub away. Are these hey, used hot tubs? Yeah, totally used. I can't, I can't afford to buy new. Do you know that? <laughs> I mean, new hot tubs. Have you ever looked into that? Oh. New hot tubs. You're you're gonna have to talk to Kenny. He's gonna underwrite a loan for you I to do happen. that. At least in my case, that's what would have to happen. I I can't I can't touch these things. I'm looking at the 500 jobbers on Facebook Marketplace that you know, oh, we got a blown motor. Hey, but everything else works, there. hey. So come on and bring no, I'm not touching it. You bring your trailer and everything else, and you're gonna take it home. Get it out of here. I don't okay. know.
3: Don't isn't, you it a, <laughs> isn't a used hot tub the uh, equivalent of a used mattress?
4: Hey, I don't care if it makes my back. <laughs> if it makes my back feel great, I'm in. hey I'm with you. We bought a mattress from the homeowners down here. We said, "Yeah, leave it. We'll give you fifty bucks." So we, I, I sleep on a used mattress. The nights that I snore really bad, that's where I sleep. Oh, that's it's okay. Disgusting. Done. there's That's why that we have sheets. This is
3: disgusting. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me coming from Kenny, but that is disgusting. <laughs> it's something called sheets. Oh it's, my it's simple that I don't want to
6: know
3: don't
4: want to know did you take a, did you take a black light to that thing yet and it's <laughs> done Don, just what you said I don't want to know <laughs> ignorance is bliss exactly <laughs>
3: well, can, I can, not, if I, I remind me never to sleep on that if I come yeah, on yeah. here I am not sleeping right. done
4: Don, that was over a year ago whatever was on there is gone it's disintegrated <laughs> and it's gone it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. how it
3: works it's that's not it. how it works
2: <laughs> kenny i've got to ask you since matt is right there with you have you yeah. taken him out for a steak dinner to thank him for the dynasty football team he left you with
4: uh, well that's interesting um no that's a negative <laughs> i like right i but, like where ryan's going well, about this <laughs> and matt you may or may not know this but there was uh probably how long have i been in this league has it been seven years now maybe eight seven eight years since you left <laughs> that's probably about right. Um, <laughs> there was death threats on your life for about six years for <laughs> so the team that you left me. I mean, it, it's like, literally I'd look at my roster and they, they were all like retired. Yeah. If like They were yeah. in the 20th year of football, right. They had already retired. And I'm like, um, right. They're on the active roster. What, how, how is that even possible? <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> subbing him. he's subbing them
1: into play on Sunday.
4: <laughs>
1: I'm surprised back, Matt is there living right
4: now. <laughs> Yeah, but didn't you win like
0: uh, a year or two year. ago?
4: Okay. Two years ago, two seasons ago, I was the champion. No big deal. I got rid of your entire squad. <laughs> My first year, I didn't have a second round pick. And I'm like, well, oh, it's because uh, Matt traded uh, somebody who's retiring next year for him. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> good it's a great start <laughs> well as as coach max
0: says says uh what have you done for me lately it sounds like i, I took care of you, you and hey, i appreciate things, it. but now you're in the fruitful season. you
4: did give me the number one pick that year which was ezekiel elliott and he was a staple of my team for a while now <laughs> he's losing it and i didn't trade him on time but so i'm hoping he gets a good year and i can trade him halfway through next season
2: <laughs> oh man
4: excellent Oh, well. so no, no steak dinner is not happening. <laughs> Taco Bell, maybe. So, Taco,
0: Taco Bell after the podcast, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for catching us up uh, there, Kenny. We'll look forward to uh, to hearing from you the rest uh, the rest of the, the throughout the rest of the podcast, um, guys. Let's jump into kind of the week that was. Uh, we've got a say what battle and the an Amen battle, but we're going to start off with say what. Uh, we've got a presidential battle royale. So what we've got is there was a, a lot from our vice president and our president, and so they're going to kind of go back and forth uh, over the uh, over the last couple of weeks. So I kind of put about five of them together, and uh, we'll see we'll see uh, w- which one you guys think is the uh, is the craziest and the zaniest uh, from from our leaders. Uh, so here we go, episode fifty one. Say what battle? What? Side
1: And did you get any chance to watch much of the Judiciary Committee hearing? last I didn't get to see any of it, unfortunately. Um, the-
2: With that, just a couple of things from the first uh, day and a half of Judge Jackson's committee hearing. The president watched portions of Judge Jackson's hearing yesterday and today and is proud of the way she is showcasing her extraordinary qualifications.
1: Neither. And did you get any chance to watch much of the Judiciary Committee hearing?
5: last week? I didn't get to see any of it. Uh,
1: Oh, you, you, you got you gum?
6: <laughs> I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies, and what is at stake at this very moment. A friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, I, I can first.
7: Okay, so what
6: what the heck are you talking about?
4: 45 minutes after the President's remarks wrapped in Warsaw on Saturday, that was when a statement landed in everyone's inboxes from an unnamed White House official saying that no, the administration did not in fact uh, change its policy with regards to Russia. I'm wondering if you can tell us anything about what happened in the interim um, in in that 45 minutes. Did the President himself uh, conclude that perhaps there needed to be some uh, further clarification or did White House advisors come to him and say, perhaps you should revisit your your recent remarks? Why was that statement issued?
7: Well,
0: I can tell you from working for President Biden for seven years that uh, only President Biden decides what President Biden is going to say
4: president thank you when you say that, that you're not walking anything back you do feel that vladimir putin should be remained from, r- removed from power is that what you're saying and- no
5: what i was i was expressing just what i said i was expressing the moral outrage i felt towards this man i wasn't i was expressing just what i said i was expressing the moral outrage i felt towards this man i wasn't articulating a policy change <laughs>
0: Uh, only president biden decides what president biden is going to say
6: the governor and i and we were all um doing a tour of the library here and um talking about the significance of the passage of time right the significance of the passage of time so when you think about it There is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children.
1: What? (laughs)
5: Bro, what are you talking about, man? Look, I know gas prices are painful. I get it. My plan is going to help ease that pain today and safeguard again against tomorrow. I'm open to ideas to strengthen the plan, but I will not be put off and put it on hold. It's time to deliver true long term energy independence in America once and for all. And I'm going to continue to use every tool at my disposal to protect you from Putin's price hike. It's not time for politics. America's Americans can't afford that right now. So let's meet this moment together. Remember, we're the only nation that has turned every crisis we ever faced into an opportunity. We have a crisis, the price at the pump. So let's show some true strength in this nation, show our unity, our resolve, our innovative spirit in America and come out of this long term much better off. If we stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators, we stand up for those who who are ready to unite, unite with us, United States of America. What you talking about mr all righty
0: well which one took the cake for you gentlemen
3: well that was well, well done well done man I, that was a good uh, that was a good lineup well done with the uh some of the uh, the play there and uh, I think over the significance passage of time of those uh of those videos I would have to go with Kamala Harris's favorite line of significant passage of time what a complete what a complete nightmare she is. Oh my word, what is she talking about? Oh, my word I, when I heard that at first I was like I, I thought there was more to it, you know and I, I thought okay, maybe maybe and I, I, I watched the whole the whole clip and I just keep rewatching it because I was trying to come up with some ounce of of uh, understanding and, and some some type of, of communication that would, at least hit hit close to home or help me understand what she was saying. And it, it just didn't exist. It doesn't exist. That, that woman is 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 in is in way over her head. She is just that's all there is to it. She's in way over her head. All right. Yeah. Got Don, one
4: vote for the VP. Yeah, Don. Hey. I am with you. All five of those were just ridiculous. I just the things that come out of their mouths are just. It's actually mind-blowing and, you, well, it goes back to different views that I have, but it's like, you, you just, I you keep thinking, is this real? Are we really, are these really the people that are in leadership? So I actually just find it more, the, the one, I don't know who the lady was who was saying that Biden says, only Biden knows what Biden's going to say. And anybody that knows anything about this is that, you know, if it's, <laughs> if it's anything even semi-competent, we know it's scripted hundred percent it's scripted because the guy can't form a complete sentence on his own he's proven that over and over and over and over again and so that to me just i don't know i think that one took the cake it's like yeah, yeah that's just garbage yeah I, I for
1: me i i'm also with don i had not seen that clip um the one where this passage of time i i'd not seen that and so I was, I'm completely lost. What, what was the context? Can somebody help me? I mean, Don, you said you have no idea, but I, like truly, I, really, I, that was
0: it. So that, that was, so I believe I she I was at some, uh, uh, it was an event where they were laying some type of electrical wire or grid to, to bring electricity or technology okay. to, I believe to students. So you can, you can kind of see how that, but yeah, yeah. That, well, I, think that's I, I mean, just the there. fact,
1: just, just the fact that she had to repeat that phrase. I mean, how many times did she repeat that? But <laughs> I, I I am going to go with Kamala because of the fact that when she was standing with, with um, her counterpart and she was number one, illiterate when it came to direction of where she was standing, what, which front is it? We, north, south, front, we were in the east, whatever. Why and matter? then, and then, you know, when she's asked a tough question, it's like from the US VP defer, you know, bail me out. I mean, it was a, it was a clear, you know, and then her her statement of friends and friends indeed, like, just ask the gentleman, can you please step in and take my role and speak what I need to speak and then I'll comment based on that I am floored at the absolute ridiculousness Of the inability for our presidential cabinet, our VP, our president himself, to speak competently, to know what's going on in the world, to know who they're standing next to, to know where they are. It scares me. It's so frustrating to me because these are the people that are making the calls for like war, nuclear stuff you know, we're calling, we're calling over to Russia and we're getting voicemails. I mean, no wonder, no, nobody's, nobody's really going to talk to these people. So Kamala
2: in that sense, I
1: guess is mine.
2: Yeah, I, that one stood out to me, the one that Don, Don mentioned first, the passages of time and the context. Thanks for providing that. I had no idea what the context was there, but I just keep going back to what she said a while back, you know, when asked, well, what should we be doing? Well, the thing we need to be doing is what we have been doing. And the time is now for us to keep doing the thing that we've been doing. (laughs) Is it, isn't it just, it's just remarkable. And I would, I would just think of just listening to this stuff. And of course, these are our leaders and I I'm praying for them. I want them to succeed. I want them to be wise. um, But I was telling you guys before the show started a little bit about the topic of evolution. And if evolution is true, should, at this point in time, we have the best leaders we've ever had, right? I mean, you, that's kind of how evolution works, right? You you, you get rid of those who are weaker, not as strong. I, I think we're dis, disproving evolution in real time. And, and what about, you did have a nice uh, lineup there, Matt, of clips, but what about what Biden said over there in Europe to the 82nd Airborne? Um, you guys ready to go? <laughs> <If> <laughs> I if I were, You'll if, see when you're what? there. If I were them, I'd be saying, say what? Say <laughs> what?
1: Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? You you I, that, I missed that clip
2: as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he just he's addressing 82nd Airborne troops there, kind of in a casual setting. And he's making reference to the fact that they're going to be out there. They're going to be experiencing the U- Ukraine war soon. People are like, what?
0: They had to walk, Jeremy, I I could have had a lineup of three things he said. There's really three big gaps that the White House had to walk back and kind of like cover up. And then you saw that, you know, for me, it was that is that middle one, the tough, the tough Putin talking points, because he doesn't he doesn't remember what he said. So people have to write that down for him and the fact that his people are saying, well, no, what Biden says, only he knows only he, like, it's just the blatant lie. It, 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 they just think, Hey, if I just say this, everybody will parrot it and everybody will believe it. it. It's just crazy. How is that, how is that being accepted? Like how naive, how ignorant do we have to be to, to, to believe this? Well, and
1: I think there's another piece to it too. I think people have lost so much confidence in, in our VP that they think that Biden actually riding this thing out all the way for his four years is actually a better option now than you know what could have been um, with with him departing from the White House somehow. I I just it's it's yeah it's unconscionable.
2: Yeah, so. it, it is a scary place where we are though, Matt. I mean, to to your point about you just say this lie loud enough, and so many people just will will believe it, and and they've got experience with it. You go all the way back to uh, 2016 with the, the Russian hoax that was perpetrated on Trump for his years in office, which has been disproven and tied right, right back to the Clinton campaign at that time. And then um, they, they were two years ago dismissing anything remotely possible with uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And now look, look what's coming out now. Even even the liberal outlets are saying, hey, this is a real thing. This is a real problem. But you just Proclaim that lie from all these bastions of media outlets, and yeah, most of the public will hook, line, and sinker. We'll go right along with it. That reminds me of COVID. (laughs) Dear Lord.
4: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding to all the listeners out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, one—I know
0: we give uh, liberals a hard time, and I think uh, I think rightly so. But I do gotta—I I just read something today. I want to give props where props is due. So this is kind of related to a former vice president. So I think Pence is scheduled to speak at some university, and they were uh, there was a student a student group that was trying to block him from speaking, and uh, on the grounds that it was illegal and it was it was going to create an unsafe scenario. And the Washington Post, uh, by no means a conservative uh, news outlet, actually uh, wrote that it is, it's not good to, to keep voices that we disagree with out uh, from the universities. And so it's not, you know, and I think, I think we would all agree with that, but certainly not something that you hear, you know, kind of, uh, you know, Pence certainly defended by a liberal news outlet. So I think, it, I think it is fair. We do need to bring up, there is still some, some challenging thought in a, in a good way uh, from, our, from our liberal friends um but uh most of it is is pretty crazy but did, did want to shout out the washington post for that one um beacon of light through the the, the myriad of darkness yeah. so anyhow oh,
2: it's always good to hear that our free press is standing up for free speech we don't hear that often yeah. but yeah ha- happy to see those first amendment rights uh hooking back up again
0: yeah so i definitely wanted to call that out so
2: all right we're going to move on from say what uh,
0: the presidential battle royale to, uh, to the amen battle. And because uh, we're in the great state, well, Kenny and I are in the great state of Florida. Uh, we, we have, uh, what, what we hope perhaps is a presidential hopeful, uh, amen battle. And so it, uh, it is focused on one man. It is, uh, the person that you see in, in Ryan's frame, uh, not Reagan, God bless it, but it might, you might be the next Reagan right next to him is, uh, is Ron DeSantis. So this is a, uh, Uh, Some clips, uh, about four clips, I think, from Ron DeSantis over the last several weeks uh, as he's championing uh, certain causes and standing up for truth and what's right uh, in the great state of Florida. So episode 51, Amen Battle, featuring Ron DeSantis.
7: Last year, we signed a bill uh, to ensure fairness in women's athletics. We thought it was very important that uh, young girls and women athletes in the state of Florida had the ability to work hard, to realize their dreams, and to compete fairly, whether it's in swimming, whether it's in uh, track and field, you name it. And that's something that was really meaningful to a lot of people in Florida, particularly people like me who are are parents of of, of young girls, if you look at what the NCAA has done uh, by allowing basically men to compete in women's athletics, in this case the swimming, you had the number one woman who finished was from Sarasota, Emin Wyant. She won the silver medal, she's been an absolute superstar her whole career, she trains, I mean to to compete at that level is very, very difficult and you don't just roll out of bed and do it. That takes grit, that takes determination and she's been an absolute superstar and she had the fastest time uh, of any woman in college athletics. Now the NCAA uh, is basically taking efforts to destroy women's athletics. They're trying to undermine the integrity of the competition and they're crowning somebody else uh, the woman's champion and we think that's wrong and so in florida i'm going to be uh later today because this is a floridian who i think deserves to be recognized you know we're going to be doing a proclamation uh saying uh, that emma is the best female swimmer in the 500 meter freestyle
0: does it say that in the bill does
7: it say that in the bill i'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives it doesn't matter what critics say
0: it says it classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation
7: for who for, for grades pre-k through three so five-year-olds six-year-olds seven-year-olds and um The idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. we signed the, the Parents' Rights in Education Bill. It's interesting when, like, a Disney-owned ABC would put that out on tweet. They'd say, Governor DeSantis signs bill to prohibit uh, instruction in sexual identity and gender identity in some grades. Some grades. Why would they say some grades instead of K through three? It's just amazing if you're trying to inform the... Rich. So you saw a lot of this, but then for Disney to come out and put a statement and say, that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it, I think one was fundamentally dishonest, but two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought it was interesting I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called them while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront, why weren't they speaking up at the outset, and yet they won't? And then for them to say they're going to actively work to repeal substantive protections for parents as a company that is Supposedly marketing its services to parents with young children, uh, I think they crossed the line. And you know, people ask me, you know, kind of about you know their posture on the bill. I said, you know what? If we would have put in the bill that you were not allowed to have curriculum that discussed the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. And that's the hypocrisy of this. And um, you know, we're going to make sure we're fighting back when people are threatening our parents and threatening our kids. Baby, baby, baby. You don't have to wear those masks. I mean, please take it <laughs> Honestly, it's <laughs> not doing anything. We've got to stop it. It's over the dispute. So if you want to wear it, it's fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right, well, it's good to be at USF. Hey.
0: All right. So, Brother DeSantis, which uh, which one took the cake for you?
4: Well, I'll start since this is my home state here. but um, I absolutely love that guy. Um, so, really, they all win. All four of them are absolute winners. There's a, it's a four way tie. Um, I do love the one, that, I mean, my favorite thing is uh, I'm just tired of this COVID theater. What do you call it? A COVID theater? I'm like, yes. And then you see, thankfully half the kids take them off in two seconds. So it's like the kids don't even believe it's even valid. But anyways, I, I think for me, the cream of the crap was, um, was the one where he was at the strawberry festival and, um, and he just called out the press for who they are once again, because it's just, it's vile. I mean, down here, they literally, they say, yeah, he opposes the don't say gay bill. And it's like, that that's not the bill that has that that verbiage is not used in the bill it's literally we don't need to indoctrinate our children at such young ages of these things and put these ideas in their minds that don't need to be in their minds at such a young age and he's going to give parents the right to know what's in that curriculum and to make sure it's not in there and i'm like i I just absolutely love that guy just love that he won't he he just stands up to these people
0: yeah i agree i think the uh I think, I think the one for me is when he kind of called out Disney and he says hey, the thing that Disney purports to do, which I heard a quote from Walt Disney, uh, you know, he kind of talked about, and again, I'm not, I'm not putting Walt Disney up as a saint in a pedestal, but he did talk about, you know, his, his purpose was kind of grounded in, you know, prayer and trying to help support the family. And DeSantis kind of calls that out. He says, hey, Disney is supposed to help parents with the raising of children. And, and in fact, they're actually trying to Trying to separate and drive a wedge and be able to to control and have the have the the school system the government control uh decisions and and indoctrinate kids at a very i mean it's it's you know, it's, it's it's really yeah you know, to to be able to to try to get into a child's mind and and, and change thought at a very uh mm-hmm. you know a very an age where they're they're so malleable yeah. and i mean that that's abuse is, is what it is 100 the fact that he's going after disney and say hey why don't you actually do what you, you purport to do um, was, was, I think, uh, a strong statement for me.
1: Yeah, for me, I, I, I would agree when he goes after the press member. But I have to ask you guys, because I, I didn't catch it. What was the, the, the word he used? I, I need to grow my vocabulary a little bit. He, he, he pointed at them and said, we are going to, and then he used this word like it was a, a word to fight or something.
2: It's
0: abuse. Uh,
1: disabuse. What is that? What does disabuse mean?
2: I I think it, it means just kind of help them deal with uh, an issue that they're having, uh, help them overcome an issue that, that okay. that's plaguing them, I think is a general definition.
1: Well, man, that word just like, I was like, man, that guy's like talking to my like my dad. I, I, I felt rebuked by that. He is a strong man when it comes to dealing with the press and just his surroundings, and he talks like an everyday guy. I mean, that word I've never I've never heard that before. But you know, um, I, I I like that. I enjoy the fact that somebody is willing to stand up on live, you know, television, cameras rolling, all this stuff. I, you know, what, what's going to come out of my mouth is what I truly believe in, who I am, and it's based on something. It's not just my talking point. You know, i.e., my cards that have been given to me. To read off of um I, I enjoyed that one as well
3: yeah where he calls out the press is is just fantastic i love every minute of that and i think that he is I, for 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 what it's worth my i he he needs to be uh the next uh the next president of the united states there's no 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 doubt in my mind that he should be i don't want trump to run in 24. I think he should be the one that's that's uh leading the republican party and uh and i hope it happens because because yeah he's the he's the kind of change we need i, I agree with
0: you don yep. i i think um you know it, it yeah obviously yeah trump being in power was certainly better than clinton but you, you kind of saw the uh you know just the, the arrogance and it really kind of got in the way of of the policy the good policies that he had and it really it really kind of defeated stuff and it's concerning how many people are still supporting him, but yeah, to have somebody like DeSantis who has that strength, but I think also has the humility and the, um, you know, so, something different, something more of a genuine, you know, not so much of an arrogant, you know, pompous, uh, you know, person um, was, 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 for, is for me what I'm, I'm gunning for too. I'm, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you now. I, I hope he gets the nomination for, for the Republican party and, and goes on to win.
2: Yeah, I, for those watching, I did not know Matt was going to have a whole segment on the guy behind me. I just threw this, uh, I've used this, I think one other time, but I threw this uh, background up there before because I've just come into it because these two guys are in Florida tonight. Matt and Kenny are in Florida. So I thought, well, I'll I'll honor the governor and put, put his picture up there. I'm hoping in my lifetime, I can look back and say, our two best presidents were both named Ron um that, that's what i'm hoping when i when i die at the age of 70 i can just say man those ron years were great years those uh, 16 years I, I hope you know and I, I know they're both human they both can fail us and so i i, I recognize god is sovereign and he, he's the one we look to but so thankful for guys like like Ron DeSantis who who stand up for for what's right stand up for truth and aren't aren't bullied and i agree with what the other guy said And I think that's what really attracted me to Ted Cruz back in 2015 when he went after the media, had a debate, and he just went down the line calling out how they were being dishonest or um, falsely calling names to the Republican candidates, all of them up on the stage, and he just called them out. And I said, wow, that's that's great. That's what we need. Because like we talked about before, the media will just lie, 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 and it becomes okay. That's... That's what everybody's believing. And you've got to have somebody who will stop that or do their best to stop that. And what's scary is, you know, back, I can't remember what year he was elected governor, uh, definitely way before Kenny got there, but um, he only won that race by four-tenths of a percentage point. I mean, it was like both both candidates had in the 49% um, block of, of vote. And so he, he squeaked it out. And can you imagine? Um, <laughs> I don't want to but I, I appreciate him standing up to the, the woke, woke religion and where it, where it goes wrong. I, I
1: will say this though. I mean, a close second for me was him calling out the NCAA and giving that gal, what is absolutely due her for the work and effort she put in. I'm gonna go back and see if I can watch that proclamation. It's gotta be, it's gotta be recorded somewhere, but man, that, that woman got robbed. I mean, just cheated out of uh, gold medals or whatever, first place, NCAA titles, all that stuff. And I think in the end, someday, when all of this settles down, maybe it will never do that. But in my mind, um, that that was a strong moment uh, and a proud moment. And I'm sure she really enjoyed it. I, I did watch some of the ESPN coverage, maybe, um, where all those girls were, you know, congratulating each other. And then, the 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 trans you know swimmer was over there by himself just standing there and there's nobody there's nobody and nobody ought to nobody ought to congratulate him for for what has happened so anyway close second in my mind was him just calling the NCAA out
0: yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, we had some good uh, presidential, vice presidential uh, work in the say what battle, and, and hopefully a future president in uh, in the AMM battle. So, uh, what else happened, guys, in, in the week that was there, there? There was plenty else to talk about. Don, any, any thoughts from your side? Kenny, any thoughts from your side in, in the last week or so?
4: <clears throat> Go ahead, Kenny. Well, I got one thing. I got one big thing the talk of the town. Uh, What do you guys think about the, uh, the Will Smith, Chris Rock deal? I want to know what you guys think before I give my two thought two cents on it. I'd ask my kids what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I definitely did not watch the Oscars. So yeah, I had to find out after the fact too, but
3: what, any thoughts on that at all? At first I thought it was fake. I thought it was completely fake, but having watched it a couple of times and seeing Chris Rock's, uh, Uh, reaction to it I just don't think it was fake I don't think it was scripted Uh, but the thing that surprised me the most is that nobody did anything it just everybody everybody just watched it everybody just you know they just and 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 the whole night went on like it didn't happen it was just the weirdest thing And, and to think that that actually happened on live tv and Will Smith wasn't kicked out of the 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 award ceremony is, is completely insane to me. I still don't understand that. Um, fine, keep, have him keep his, his, his Oscar for, for his role that he, that he did for, what was it? The, uh, King Richard or whatever that, for that, for that movie with the Serena twins on it. And, uh, but it was just the most insane thing I've ever seen. And to think that nothing happened to the guy. and he it, he was still he was still there after the commercial break as if nothing had, had happened and it just just uh unbelievable
2: just an bet, unbelievable turn of events I bet you'll be tuning in next year though Don after after
3: all this <laughs> excitement No, no I, I I doubt I will but it's it's, it's it's just so funny to me that that, that actually happened and nothing has has
1: come of it Did anybody see the meme where John MacArthur was slapping Joel Osteen? It was, I think it was yeah. a Babylon B or something. Yeah. It was something like that, <laughs> that I got a kick out of. I was yeah. like,
4: no, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to elongate this, but yeah, all Don, Like you initially thought I am 100% in belief that this, that was staged because for multiple reasons, um, one. For, well, first of all, if you watch the whole clip, Will Smith laughed about the joke. He thought it was hilarious. And then all of a sudden he comes walking up. And if somebody is as mad as he acted to be, he's an actor. Remember all the whole, all the world's a stage, right? He's an actor. Hmm. If somebody is truly that mad, you're not walking up and going to slap the guy. You're going to, you have a closed fist. If you're that mad, cause he's screaming afterwards. If you're that mad as a man defending your wife, you're not slapping another man. That's not a thing. And like, Don, just like you said, I didn't even think about that. But the fact that he stayed there, nobody moved, nobody did anything. I'm sorry. What, what came up in politics right away? Oh, Hunter Biden's laptop. What are, what are they trying to do to us? Distract us. And what is the whole world focused on all of a sudden is this little, the slap hurt around the world. And <laughs> I I am a hundred percent convinced that that was staged because like all for the reasons Don said, even when I looked at it, it didn't even look like he made connection it from a few of the angles, but. That was my two cents on that. I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts, but all you know, thought the stage.
3: Was, you know, I, I, I want to agree with Kid, but I but I don't think it was stage. It, it is one of the is it was the reason was because of Chris Rock's reaction where he was like he's he you knew I could you could just see his brain working because he had so many so many so many so many jokes just about to come out that he wanted to put out there after after he, after he got slapped and he was just like he, he was just he just stopped he's like oh i could that he stopped again and then you know i just i just think it wasn't i don't think it was staged yeah i, I get I mean, it don. I, I completely understand it if i mean it, it, it's 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 perfect uh
4: it's my perfect. thing is don if i slapped you in the face i mean you'd probably like You'd probably be like, you know, grabbing your face or something. Chris Rock just—he just took it. He did That's this, funny. and That's then he—he didn't—he tr- didn't, he didn't do anything know. that you would normally do if you got slapped. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, Don. But yeah. all I know is that these people are—it's all—they're all actors. And first off, I don't even know why they had the Oscars because what did they make like five movies in the last year? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, why in the world did they even have the Oscars? <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah, the, the whole hypocrisy.
0: I mean, it, those people get incensed over, you know, uh, you know, the tiniest thing, like a little bird getting, you know, mistreated or something. That's the end of the world. Or, you know, the January 6th riots. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we're incensed about that. But you have one of your own going up and actually physically assaulting somebody. Yeah. That's a, 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 a felony. Um you know going up there un you know really unprovoked for for what you expect right. to have happen at that and then it sounds like from what i from what i briefly read on it that they the the academy had asked him to leave and he said no i'm not leaving and so they just <laughs> let him stay like exactly it's so a, just, here's soft,
4: stage
1: world's of stage yeah so it. if there was a if there was a white man who went oh, up and slapped he, chris I, rock don't even go there then you know? oh, there would There would have been something completely different, right? Am I am I speaking? Am I speaking? You know, the normal rationale that we see, but but you know, Will Will goes up there, you know, slaps
4: him, and then yeah, I can sit there. If if Carl Anthony Towns goes and slaps, you know, Guinness on Tentacanakupa, whatever his name is, I'm pretty (laughs) sure he's out. I'm pretty sure he's out of the game. Yeah, he's like the rep. Hey, you gone?
3: No, no questions that, that's what yeah. i mean it's like, hey, how can like this be leave? real
0: right no you're gone
3: right? well and the, but the fact that he went back up there and apologized to everybody but chris rock that makes me also think that it wasn't stage because if it was stage he would have got up there and apologized for to chris rock i think and I, that would
1: have smoothed things over and then they would yeah. have been able to wait say, okay, after yeah, after he slapped he got to go back up on stage well, yeah, because, he, he, won, because he, won,
3: he, he won the Oscar for... Oh, um, so he yeah. was
1: not up there to win the Oscar no, at no. that
3: moment? No no, 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 no. Chris Rock was a a winner of another... Oh, man, I got to go watch this.
4: He yeah. made a joke then, about Will's wife, and Will laughed about it, and then all of a sudden <laughs> decided that he was mad about it.
2: It's <laughs> Really? I don't know. I'm, I think I'm with Don on this one, because, yeah, his, Chris Rock was off his rocker. I mean, off his rocker, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was ready to go and that threw him off so much. He kind of stumbled and he yeah. said something about okay, so will just slapped me and then this this is one of the most memorable nights in t- history TV history and then he was going to say okay, try to get back on his normal talking line. He was supposed to say Oscar and he said documentary. Yeah. So he yeah. was totally. And then I I also think what AIDS Don's argument is will swore twice from where he was sitting and i think that would that would not be allowed if it were staged you, you wouldn't let somebody drop those words on national tv twice i i think mm-hmm. i don't know
4: anybody I, or I mean, none of us watched it live i wonder did those words actually were they heard live because no, it they, probably had a delay
0: i i didn't watch it but they yeah. cut the audio so because and that makes me think i'm, I'm kind of with you don i, I think it man. was i don't think it was staged because they didn't know what was going to come out
4: of chris's mouth
0: they didn't know what was, I know, well, Chris know what was swore,
4: what he swore after that too well yeah he, swore. yeah he did yeah. So, <laughs> so, i don't know guys I, sounds I like such argument. a great thing to have a family watch yeah
0: <laughs> right why would you, why would you
1: watch v- their viewership is gonna go sky high yeah, you know?
0: i go from 17 to 19 <laughs> you know? it's it that's yeah it's it's just so silly and the fact that we give them credence you know obviously we need to talk about it but it's it's just so silly you know the the the, the mightier holier than thou's they can't even you yep. it's all it's themselves. all hypocrisy yeah, yeah. All... and who knows you know with all the different stuff that oh, happened I'm you know i i wouldn't be surprised if it was staged either but yeah it's just it's it's so crazy yeah, I didn't even think about that. What you talked about is that just subterfuge for
5: yeah. getting
0: off stuff that hey, we should be thinking about and, and, and pressing in and asking more questions about. But
4: well, yeah. I am a conspiracy theorist, so well, well here, here's yeah. what
3: well, no, 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 no. Here's, here's why. What, go ahead, Don. Here, no, here's why I think the I think I think I think everybody's done with Biden. I seriously think that that's oh, the whole yeah. reason why this Hunter Biden thing is coming up. Uh, they are done with Biden. They realize he is. Uh, is a disaster and they've got they know that they have to they have to get their ducks in a row now before the 2024 election and so i think they are ready to throw Biden under the bus uh and he yeah his his days are limited here in the in the white house um now one other thing that i was a little disappointed about that you didn't have included i'm sure well there was just so many good there was so much fodder out there for you to pick from but uh, in the in the say, in the same what battle? But uh, President Joe Biden announcing or, or on March twenty second uh, talking about a new world order. Did everybody oh, catch that? Yeah, I, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. My goodness. I mean, they're they're publicly talking about it. If this is not a, I mean, I, it's only ironic that that of course we were talking about the great reset in the last in the last uh, podcast. And here he is out there announcing it to the world that there's a new world order. And by the way, if you go to YouTube right now and you type in Biden new world order, you won't find that video. Yeah. You will also, it'll give you, it'll send you to a fact checking website on USA Today telling you that he didn't mean that there was a new world order coming about. It was, he was talking about the Ukraine Russian, Russian war and all that, blah, blah, blah. blah. And when you look at that, when you, when you look at that complete clip of, you know, three, four minutes of him talking about the new world order coming, it's obvious that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the world economic uh state of the state of the world uh economy right now and how there is a new world order about to be ushered in and he knows it and and he wants to be leading it well if he's leading it uh i don't know if he's he understands what he's leading because uh that was just a joke that, that 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 actually actually came out of his mouth you know when, he, when that clown actually starts to you know speak truth you know he's off his meds or something isn't isn't uh isn't completely cl- completely uh reaching to the top floor because truth starts to seep out of that out of that mouth of his. Yeah. Don, Don, did you just say our president is a clown who takes meds? Yes, I did. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well the
3: I he so- is a he, puppet.
4: He's a
5: puppet
1: I did- he he did take a nice you know bike ride in uh, where was it oh. Delaware and you know somewhere out there just to kind of relieve relieve some stress. I'm sure he's been under a lot of stress. I mean, Ooh. come on, it's just a joke. It really is. It's sad.
3: Oh, yeah, and, and I don't know. And you and you mentioned Mike Pence too. Oh, you know, I I am completely disgusted with Mike Pence, and I'm going to go on the record of saying that because I think that guy. Guy is is entirely one of the people responsible for the COVID nineteen pandemic, and all the shutdowns and everything that happened. He led the COVID nineteen task force, and uh, I just finished reading a book called A Plague Upon Our House, and it's by Dr. Scott Atlas, and uh, he was he was a part he was a part of that COVID nineteen task force, and he gives you an in depth behind the scenes look at what happened. And Biden, I'm sorry, and and Fauci and and Burks were the two basically in charge of COVID-19 that we saw, and and Pence just let it all happen. He he just sat back and and didn't do anything and let let all these lockdowns and all these all this craziness, uh, all these all these testings and and things like that 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 never never should have. Uh, never should have got to where it was and he is just as much responsible for for uh, the, COVID, the COVID craziness as, 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 uh, as Fauci and Burks are. So, wow.
2: So Don did, um, you get the sense from that book that At- Atlas put the blame on Pence who was overseeing that group and none on Trump even though the buck stops
3: Ultimately I wouldn't say, no, I would say he put the blame on Pence um, at, at all. I, I would say that he, he had favorable things to say ab- uh, about Pence, um, but, and I think he, I think in this book that he wrote, and I, I man, it was, it's a fantastic read, and it, it's, it's, it's uh, gives you a behind the scenes look at what was happening. In the White House at that time, and yeah, Trump is to blame, I think, as well. I don't think he blames. I think he. I don't know if he goes in there and says and blames Trump, but it's obvious that, um, you know, Trump Trump let these things happen as well. I mean, it happened on his watch, so he's got to take responsibility. And but the fact that Pence was his right hand man, he put him in that position, and uh, Pence did nothing, did absolutely nothing to, uh, to, to lead. in in his in his capacity as as he had the opportunity to do i I,
2: you know i've i've always liked mike pence but yeah i think if you get down to the guiding principles that trump and pence both have uh, pence is going to come traditionally from a more conservative background right trump kind of comes into the republican party we're not really sure what he believes in he kind of just goes with what sounds right you know whatever but Pence, yeah, you would think that those conservative principles of liberty and freedom would have been able to persuade Trump to say, OK, this shutdown thing isn't a good idea. Pass these two weeks once we have an idea what's going on. And so I, I guess I can see that, you know.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Fauci, what what is
2: he doing right now? What, what is he even doing? He's
1: preparing us
3: for the next uh, pandemic. I
2: I, I think last time I saw him, he was in Kenny's pool. Kenny?
4: (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say what would happen if he was in my pool. So Uh, that guy, I don't even know if that guy's even real. Like, I I don't even, Don, I just appreciate you because first off, I'm impressed because you read a lot. I, I always hear about you reading these books and I can't, I can barely get through three pages of a book and I'm done. And it's, uh, I, but I know it's good. I mean, it's amazing. So I, yeah, I appreciate the stuff that you learn and you share and I, I'm with you. We have our, we have our reservations about Pence as well. I, I keep most of that to my own because he's looked at as a, as a good guy from the public and, um, he comes across as a good guy. And I think he, maybe he is, maybe he's not, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to yeah, think about these people.
1: Is it possible to not throw somebody under the bus like Pence, but acknowledge that there were mistakes? I mean, I feel like sometimes we just, you know, it's baby out with the bathwater kind of thing with our politicians. This guy is under an immense amount of pressure. Number one, you got Trump, the most powerful guy in the world, and then you're his right hand man. And then you have to deal with this, you know, concocted thing that is, you know, a legitimate virus, but still there's all these unknowns and you know, you're running around trying to do the best thing for yourself, your family and others, and you're trying to keep things, you know, afloat. So yeah, I mean, leaders make bad decisions sometimes in in difficult spots. I don't, I don't think that you throw him completely out because of that. But yeah, they're, you know, looking back, there might be some things that, you know, could have been done better. And just like everybody's career could have done better.
4: And, you know, Jeremy, I appreciate that. And I think the thing for all of us, and maybe this is some of the stuff that Don's learned that in, through this book that we don't know, we know, we know like 10% of the truth. You know, we don't know what's going on in these meetings, you know, these meetings, these secret meetings, the things that were brought up, you know, but then, okay, this was brought up, oh, we don't need to do all these mass or whatever. I guarantee those things came up and they said, yeah, but we're going to still do it anyways. We're gonna, we're gonna keep this going on, even though we know that the masks don't actually, you know, they give people a false sense of security. That's been proven over and over again. But I, I think those types of things, I think what we don't know, maybe that's some of the stuff that Don's learning, but I agree with you, Jeremy. It's like, I, I say this to my wife all the time too. We we know like 5% of the story. Hmm. We know what we're told, we know what we see. And that's like such a minuscule part of the of the actual whole truth. And so I,
3: I agree with you, Jeremy. I I don't know. Well, The fact is that the the there was there were there were people in place, uh, putting out truth, and the fact that our leaders did not listen to them is mm-hmm. their responsibility, and they must be held accountable. Um, you know, in this book that I read, uh, Doctor Doctor Scott Atlas, his big thing was, and what he brought up continually, is the testing. Why are we testing all of these young people? Why are we testing all of the people that, um, based on the facts, state that uh, are the least likely people to have, be affected by this, by this virus? We need to be protecting those people that have the comorbidities and are elderly. Those are the people that we need to be protecting, and we didn't, and we didn't. And that was his, his thing. And, and, and the fact that that was, that was put out there and it it seems like common sense, but it, it wasn't listened to. It wasn't listened to.
0: Yeah, Certainly a lot of things uh, have happened and different things coming to light. So certainly some good discussions in the week that was and uh, some good thoughts uh, uh, from, from everybody. All righty. I think we are going to turn it over. I believe to
2: uh, Truth and Tunes Trivia. Am I thinking right there, Ryan? I think you're thinking right, Matthew. So, yeah, it's time. We've got four questions tonight. Kenny, have you? Last time you were on, were we doing Truth and Tunes Trivia or was it a different trivia
4: game? No, we did the initials, and um, I was skunked. And. Um... <laughs> we're going to see what happens tonight. I, I feel like I'm ready. I've been, I've been studying and uh, I've, I've been getting into the mind of Ryan. Um, you know, I got to think what is the most ridiculous question that could be asked and uh, good. Yeah. I, I should have this.
0: Well, yeah. de- depending on how this turns out, I may need to look at your phone and see the text between you and Ryan. <laughs> Cause uh, there's just, there's just some things that make me go. Huh. <laughs>
2: That's that's fair. Yeah, you, all you'll see is Kenny tried to call me in the middle of a work day, and I was working, and I couldn't talk. And that's the closest communication right. we've had recently. So. We
4: understand that you know maybe some coworkers might see this, but we all on this podcast we know the truth. You're not working after two p.m. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, not, not working that much before two p.m. Right but exactly. Certainly not after. <laughs> I mean, you are
4: a
2: total office space on this. Like, you work a total of fifteen minutes a day. I'd say. Oh. I, I wish I wish that were the case I've been working overtime <laughs> lately so oh boy
4: oh boy is safe away
2: from the company I, uh. I tell you been working weekends can you believe it oh wow it's true. you're a good man but, but yeah as of uh yesterday uh, a lot of it was in preparation for yesterday so we're we're in good shape now okay so I've got uh Uh, I'm going to do an alternate uh, line of questioning here. So we're going to start with a truth question. Then we'll do a tunes question. Then we'll go to truth and then back to tunes. And I think Kenny, I'm not sure if my colleagues here um, have gotten into your mind, which has tried to get into my mind yet, but we're not talking music specific today. So I am not going to focus my truth questions on biblical music questions. So maybe that's a relief for the guys uh, but those who have been guests lately have been doing pretty well in this contest, so um, maybe you can keep that streak going. All right, name is your name is your buzzer, and please uh, respond in the form of a question, as this is Jeopardy style. So, uh, we'll start off with a question number one.
0: Is this uh, is this a song one or is this a truth one? Truth. Gotcha. All right, here
2: we go. This man was the high priest overseeing Jesus's trial. Matt. Jeremy. Matt. Oh, the
0: high priest. God damn it. So this is not uh, Jer-
1: I don't know. Jeremy. That. Caiaphas.
2: Caiaphas is the correct answer. Jeremy what is, is you, on the bar.
0: Jeremy. Well done. Wow. I am, I am so happy about that. That's great. I, I, I totally blank. Jeremy, you were right on the heels. You're, yeah. This might be his time. Yeah. Kenny, don't well, let him impressive. take it easy, but yeah, I'd indeed. be really happy to see Jeremy win. Yeah.
2: I would too. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Jeremy, one, everybody else, zero. Three questions to go. And I do have a tiebreaker or two if we need be. So uh, we, we've got those in the back pocket. Question number two is a, um, actually, you know, frankly, it's not going to be lyrics per se. So if you want to, The music, feel free. I don't think it's going to impede anybody's brains tonight.
0: I'll I'll trust you, buddy. We'll go with music.
2: Thank you. Question two Name one of the authors or writers of the hymn, Because He Lives. Don. 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 Bill
3: Gaither. Oh,
2: who is Bill Gaither?
3: That is is correct.
2: That is correct. Don on the board. You guys. These guys have like not participated in the last seven trivias. And now,
0: I mean, they're just breaking out now. It's unbelievable.
4: Out, hey, I bring out the best in people. <laughs>
2: I see, so, very motivating. <laughs> I, I can see why your teams have the records they do, Kenny.
4: Listen, we are in complete vacation mode down here. Our minds are not there. It's, it's, they're a little slow-mo. Give us about 10 seconds and we probably would have had those. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> Kenny,
3: you, you live there, though. You can't be yeah. vacation mode. No, hey, it's, hey, it's done. Okay,
4: I know this is not, but... Somebody asked me last week. I was telling Matt this. They go, "Hey, what did you do for spring break?" And I'm like, "Nothing. Like I am literally, <laughs> I am, I am in a vacation mode. You are living spring I'm break. Living <laughs> spring break. So, <laughs> anyways, that's
2: yeah, that's that's great. All right, question three. This goes back to this is ah, quasi truth. Quasi truth. Okay, oh, so it's kind <laughs> of. Boy. Kind Hazy. of Bible. Kind of. Kind of.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so this is a this is an autobiographical question, is what you're trying to say?
2: Quasi-truth.
0: Wow.
6: Uh, uh, oh, sorry,
2: buddy. That that hurts. That hurts. Yeah, I, wish, right. I wish there was a point I could dock you tonight, but
1: Hit it, Steam,
2: let's go. <laughs> wow. That's right. He does you... have a point I can dock. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This month has the most consensus for the month Jesus was actually crucified. Kenny. Kenny. I'm
4: gonna stab at this one, I'm gonna guess April.
2: Is that form of a question? Oh, what is April? That is correct. Boom. Oh, wow. Amazing. You guys are three for three tonight. Well done. I feel like if it wasn't
4: April, I mean, yeah. it obviously got to be I thought, May. Well, I thought, it's got to be May if it's not April, I right? Was,
0: if I was going to ring in, I was going to guess something off because I didn't think it would be around. Because, you know, like, because don't they say, like, Jesus' birth they thought was more in the springtime. So I thought this one might be like a November, December one.
2: But it is April, huh? Okay. It is. You yeah. kind of tricked yeah. yourself I, out I, of I, the I, answer. I, I looked don't. up. I looked up several sources and head. a lot of them yeah. said April 3rd or maybe the 15th. And one or two said March. So that's why I kind of and you can see why I said it. It's not necessarily spoken of in the Bible, but it's it's a story in the Bible. So okay. Hey, Matt, if you get this right, we'll have a four-way tie, which I think will be a first in six in the mix trivia history. <laughs> and if no problem, anybody right. else gets this one right. That's it. They, they win. No overtime. Wow. This will be fun. Oh, uh, and here's here's what my mind is telling me. My mind is telling me that Matt is going to get this right. Is this a music one? So I don't Send play me. the music. Yeah, and there are lyrics, so you may not want to play play music. Uh, for this all right, thing. copy that. Okay, question four. This hymn writer's Easter hymn includes the following lyrics: "Raise your joys and triumphs high," Matt. and Matt.
0: What is Christ the Lord is risen today? Mm. <laughs> Did you, for the
2: author? He asked for the author.
0: <laughs> That's not the author. You asked for the hymn, right?
3: No. The
0: hymn Negative.
3: Writer. The hymn writer. Incorrect. You said hymn writer. I, I said can't. hymn writer.
0: That, wow. is, that is the biggest bunch of baloney.
2: <laughs> well, my number
0: one the hymn pick writer is out, of,
2: out of the running oh boy all right so uh, again to finish the question this hymn writer's easter hymn includes the lyrics raise your joys and triumphs high and ours the cross the grave the skies jeremy jeremy Uh, jeremy i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna guess i'm gonna go wesley who is Uh, wesley who
1: is wesley john wesley john wesley charles wesley either one I would
0: go with Charles, but that's just me. Well,
1: John John, John did a little more preaching. John I did. John
0: Wesley. Oh, I don't know what to
2: do I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. I heard John got it. Give him a half and, and and crown him the winner, Ryan. That's that's my vote. Give him a half and crown him the winner cuz you got yep. the last name, right? Yep. Jeremy, blessed. because I can't think I of another say who's West- Wesley. That's because right. I can't think of another famous Wesley hymn writer, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> nice, sweet. You are the winner of Truth nice. and Tunes trivia. Congratulations. Pretty. So, Charles just just Wesley. to be clear,
1: we got Charles, right? Yeah. Okay. It is Charles. Yep. <laughs> okay.
2: Yep.
4: Prolific hymn writer. Don is still mad up there. John. <laughs> <laughs> who's John? <laughs> hey, Sam whatever yeah, peter didn't but kenny didn't, kenny wesley uh, yeah, kenny wesley no big deal Wes wesley <laughs> honestly didn't
1: i know i know john wesley did a lot of preaching but was was what didn't he write a few hymns
2: sure i i think he i think he did to a very small degree okay charles yeah, way well, charles more. was the well was the yeah. writer.
1: and anyway
0: yeah
2: quite quite
1: a you. Got quite it, a though, well, I, I appreciate the gift. I appreciate the gift. No
0: man, you you earned that, brother. You earned That's it. Right. You got that. When That's was right. the, when was the last W for uh, for uh, for Jeremy? It was I'd back have...
1: when is back when I said I, I knew the answer to Worcestershire sauce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the initials game. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then and then we had like we had like Donald Duck and then we had Daffy Duck as the other two answers, so I was good with that one. Oh. WS baby. WS. Well done. Win shafe. So-
2: so, so these these good job, and this is great because these uh, questions kind of revolved around Easter. So, uh, nice, nice work being ready for Easter. Uh, all right, that's it, that's all we got for uh TNT trivia tonight. TQ will kick it back over to uh Jeremy, and uh, I think he's going to chat with Kenny a little bit here.
1: Yeah, well, and and with everybody, really. I mean, the uh, the topic came tonight, um, with the the maybe kind of the theme of how to find a home church. And this is when when I saw this come out uh, through the email, Ryan, when you gave this uh, to us and just kind of looked at that, um, I, I went back and started thinking, have I ever had to find a home church? Like legitimately look for a home church. And I think the closest I, I can come to or get was in, in our college days, where you know you're you're at school and you're you're kind of going to all these different churches. And I, I think I probably stayed at Grace there in Oatana just because I didn't have a car and I had a ride there. Um, but that that wasn't that that was only because it was just there. Um, I did branch out, went to a church in Rochester for um, I think a semester, uh, went to Fairbow for a semester. Um, went up to, uh, is it, where was, where it was it Lake? V, uh, now I'm going to forget it. It's right before the cities, um, Lakeville, yeah. Lakeville, that's it. I was yeah. going to say Lake, Lakeview, but Lakeville, uh, where, um, Tom Yock was for, for a couple of semesters. And so I, I guess that's, that is really my experience of trying to, you know, shop, if you will, for a home church. And to be honest with you, all of them felt like home in a way. Which bleeds into my, bleeds into a little bit of my, my thought here, which the question is how, how do you go about finding a home church? I, I want to start with this thought, um, and, and all of you can, can go at this. The question I came up with uh, to start with, just from my experience, is what if I didn't have a home church? What would that experience look like? What, what would that be? And as I thought about it, I, I got to thinking what would a Sunday morning be like? If I did not legitimately have a place that I wanted to go and, and, you know, sit in a pew and listen, how would I, how would I, you know, go about looking for those? I mean, the internet, obviously, but, you know, searching online, listening to sermons, you know, looking at the YouTube stuff and the Facebook stuff. But what if I did not have a church to go to? What, where would I start? And to be honest with you, that to me is something I've never faced Praise the Lord! I I have never had to face that, and at the same time, I thought, man, I I should probably kind of know in my own heart and mind what I would do and and to face these things. I I read a couple of articles. One particular guy uh, who wrote an article back in uh, maybe thirteen um, talked about this. He was a realtor. He um, Uh, he was a banker for a while, did some fast food managing, and then all of a sudden God called him into the ministry and he went into, um, to, to ministry full-time, went to seminary and he, he wrote a a blog. Basically, it was kind of a a blog that talked about and answered some of these questions. And, and although I didn't agree with the order, let me just give you what he said. Okay. So the, there's several things to look for in a church. Here was his first one, um, you, you have to go to church where there are believers as members. And again, order, um, I don't agree with, but okay, these are good things. Um, the second one was a qualified leadership. So a pastor that's qualified, leadership staff that's qualified. The third thing that he said was, I'm uh, missing it here for a second, preaching and teaching, that it is sound doctrine that is full of truth and that it can be verified as that. Fourth, worship. That worship brings praise to God and God alone, which I think kind of talks about what we've looked at the last few podcasts. Uh, the fifth one is that the church that you would look look for or look at has a very unified body, so you can sense that on on several different levels and fellowship that is that is good. And I, I would even go a step further and say that the friendships are electric; that they're ecstatic; that the, they they somehow attract you in, and you just can't get out. Um, so the sixth one that he has, and I, I think is a good one as well. Um, he said, uh, does the church seek holiness, holiness as, as one of its major tenets of those six things. Okay. That that's, that's, I, I think those are fair things. Um, but uh, some thoughts that I had outside of this, okay. Was number one, uh, church isn't really about me. Church isn't about me. And so if I go to church, and if I am looking for things to kind of involve me, um, then really, I think it's probably on a a wrong level, I I, I need to go to church to hear truth and to serve others and be part of a body. so if I'm looking for it in a selfish kind of way, what what can I get? The handout kind of thing uh, that that's wrong. Number two, truth has to be, you know, preach the gospel. And, and I understand that, you know, that that was in the list before. Um, the other thing that I thought about just independently was if I go somewhere, how would I be able to serve? Would I be able to plug in and immediately make a difference to have the church thrive at a better level? Because I was I was had responsibilities and I had. um uh, just abilities, talents, uh, responsibilities that I could plug in and help uh, be an aid to a thriving church. Um, is the local church um, meeting face-to-face? To me, uh, during COVID, uh, that was something that I took for granted and did not like when uh, you know we weren't there. Um, face-to-face, um, accountability, shaking people's hands, looking them in the eye, and just the preaching of the word, um, there is something that that I believe is very, very needed when uh, we assemble together. And I think assembling together can be two or three. And I think assembling can together can be a thousand um, and everywhere in between. Um, so size of church, you know, all of that kind of stuff, programs, all those para, parachurch things, I think are outside of you know looking at really the the details of of um, a church, and then is the church growing? Is is it alive? Is there is there some type of of uh, growth that you can see and, and uh, just kind of connect with? Um, so I've thrown some stuff out there, Kenny. I know you said that you're looking for a church and you haven't quite landed, maybe on something. And maybe you, maybe you, probably looking back, go, man, I, I, I was privileged to be able to just be in one that it, it was home. It was, it was home. And I just, you know, how do you find another home? That that's a hard and a daunting task. Um, so I'll throw it to anybody, but Kenny, maybe you specifically uh, some challenges of trying to find a church. And then maybe comment on some of the things that I've thrown out there.
4: Yeah. I, first off, I appreciate you guys uh, doing this topic. I had mentioned it to Matt because it's very near and dear to my heart right now. Um, I did think about you guys. Cause I know, except for you, Shay, if I was thinking uh, I know the other three have for sure relocated and had to find new churches. And um, actually Matt and I were chatting a little bit before this. And yeah, it's, it is, it's a, it's a challenge. And, one of the things that you know i want to i want to i mean i'll ask you guys but also as i talk about but i think for us sometimes we get in our own way i think when we when we start looking for a church uh jeremy you you mentioned it you know sometimes we're looking for what is it doing for me what what, what do i like about it what do i how do i feel and you know this church we went to the other day um that we've been going to regularly now um he mentioned something about the worship and he goes uh he goes, who who are we here to work? Like we're not here to make you feel good about the song. We choose songs that glorify God. And so the the question, you know to this is, did that song glorify God? That's all that matters. I might want to sing a few more traditional hymns mixed in, but if the songs glorified God, that's what matters. So that kind of struck me of I gotta I gotta keep it off of me and more on on God. but you know I, I do I want I want to go through a little bit about my journey here. Um, and because that might spur a few of your thoughts, and you know, we've gone to a few churches. Um, the first one that we kind of latched onto, we were really happy with. And again, we're looking for things for our daughter. You know, right now our daughter is our main focus, but obviously we got to worry about ourselves too and make sure we're growing spiritually. Um, but we got into a church; it was, it seemed good. Um, children's program was good, but then my daughter got into the sixth grade, which is the, you know, the beginning of the youth and all of a sudden it's like she's like in this mosh pit i mean it's a big We're it was a big church it's a big it's it's more of a it's a very large church and all of a sudden she she goes from bible teaching every sunday you know up to up to 5th grade and then all of a sudden she goes there and it's like video games and she comes back and i'm like hey what did you learn at church she's like oh we just played outside the whole time i'm like excuse me i'm like what what happened and then we're like <laughs> okay and and then, you know, next week, maybe they do a Bible story. And then another week she comes home. She goes, yeah, some, some kid won a hundred dollar gift card. And I'm like, what What are you talking about? I'm like, she's like, yeah, they just gave it away. I'm like, they had a drawing and a kid won a hundred dollars. I'm like, oh, so did the kid have to go be a blessing to other people? No, they just, they just got the gift card. And I'm sitting here like, that's, I, we left the church. I mean, we could try to be part of the solution and try to, you know, but this is a church with thousands and thousands of members. So Jeremy, you said something that really kind of hit me, kind of hit me just even tonight, but you know, these churches, when you're trying to be a unified body, when you, when you talk about a church with thousands of people and they have three, you know, four services, I, I don't see the same people I mean, ever. Like my, my daughter doesn't see the same people in, in you know, in the, in the youth group. And, um, it, that's that to us is is a potential problem. So you've got the issue of yeah you need to grow, but well, man, at, at what point is too is it too much? Because now you're no longer unified. You don't even know each other. You might know you know somebody in a small group, so you might have like your mini church, which I think is very good. Um, but that's one thing we struggled with. Um, we've gone to another church that, uh, ironically, the people that uh, that Matt know that Jeremy, the people that you know yeah. as well, um, yeah. we're actually going to their same church. Uh, just found out tonight. I had no idea because again, it's a big church. Um, but some of the things that that have happened in this church is that so for the kids area, they have they mimic the service. So for for the the youth, the junior youth, they call it I don't know what they call it, but they have a name for it. They mimic the church service at you know at a, at a different level, and then they'll have when we go pick up Macy. Um, They're all in a small group and you see, you know, a a leader and about eight kids and they're talking about, they have three questions on the screen and I'm like, okay, like this, this is good because they're making my daughter think. So this is good. Um, But then you got, you know, then we got the, uh, we got the music. So, you know, these bigger churches, you know, it's, it's just short of a, of a mini little, you know, mini rock concert for, you know, for half their music. It's so loud in there. And it's like, you know, I like to listen to it on the radio, but do I like it in church? Um, Do I not like it because of how I was raised as a very strict Baptist conservative? You know, is that the reason why I'm still uncomfortable with it? You know, are they glorifying God? These are things that I, you know, that we're asking ourselves because we go to the other extreme and the churches just feel like they're dead. You know, the, the, those Baptist churches down here and this just, there's no energy. There's no enthusiasm. Sure. The people are nice. They'll shake your hand. Thank you for being there. But there's just no, there's nothing there. It just feels like there's nothing there. So um, that's been a challenge for us.
1: Yeah. Can I just interject something? I was just at a conference and because I attend a Baptist church and I don't think we're the, you know, thuddy kind of people. And I think we've got a growing church. But one of the things that the the conference speaker said was, and, and as a rebuke to me, and just, I think a lot of men, he said, and it was a men's conference, he said, the key, the number one key outside of God doing his work, but, but your responsibility of a thriving church is men who have high participation, high participation in a church. And I was struck by that. And I looked at, you know, our church and I looked at, you know, churches I have been at and watched older men as they get older, kind of regress into some of just, you know, sit back and let the young guys do it or whatever kind of mode. But he said, no, 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 you, you know, you have a live church and a live church and it can be, you know, a, a small church, but it can be absolutely thriving with high level participation, but specifically calling out the men of that church regardless of your age, to go out and get it. And uh, I agreed with that. I, I was amening that big time. So anyway, sorry to interrupt there. I just oh, wanted to interject that.
4: That's a good point. I got a couple more things I'm just going to share with you guys, and then I'll let the others, uh, you guys, um, let me know, You know, let us know what your thoughts are. But um, just a couple of the experiences, because again, a lot of us were raised very conservative Baptists where um, a lot of the things that we experience now was, it was an absolute no-no. You know, having a drum set in church was like, I mean, you're you're going to place you don't want to go. I mean, that's that's how that's how they portrayed that, right? So sometimes those things ring, they still ring, you know, in my mind thinking, man, is this right? Is this wrong? What is my dad thinking? Um, you know, now I'm thinking, is my dad watching me? You know, is he okay with this setting? But but I'll tell you this. This church that we're that we're attending for the most part, we haven't joined or anything, but um they have just talk about baptisms. They, we've watched two baptisms there, and each time we've left literally in tears because they're they're singing praise to Jesus while they're baptizing these these kids and adults of all ages and um, they've got two people in there baptizing. A lot of times it's a pastor and then a parent, and they're praying over these people before they baptize them. and and we the, the congregation is cheering, we're clapping. And I'm thinking to myself, when i was baptized in my baptist church it was so
3: yeah,
4: it was just so dry besides the getting wet it, it was just <laughs> it was just like you got baptized you did it it was a ritual not saying again i'm not saying these things in a bad way when i say these words but it was you got you got dunked you are you know buried rose again with christ as a picture and it was done here people are celebrating and i'm like we should be celebrating this. This is amazing. Like this should be happening. Like, w- why wasn't it celebrated that way? You know, w- w- the way I, when I was growing up. Like, so anyways, that was something that touched me as, as different, a lot different. The other thing that I've experienced of this church that, again, I and by the way, I have my mother's emotions. I cry like all the time. It's like it's you know when God pricks my heart, I you know I cry. So I we sit there and, the Baptist church I grew up in you kind of sometimes people hide their their struggles they hide their you know it's it's almost like you're shamed or you're felt like you're shamed if you if if you sinned and you wanted to bring that forward you wanted to make it right but you were too afraid of the consequences well at this church (laughs) these people like almost every sunday they they have a prayer team up along the front there's like 20 of them and if you have something in your life um you know, please come up the you know the the singers are singing and people are going up in droves and you see people crying hugging opening the bibles so, you know I see them showing verses in the bible and again i'm sitting back there just bawling like like this is amazing like and i'm too stubborn to move if i need prayer because it's just so it just wasn't in our in our you know biblical culture in our baptist culture I mean, besides, you know, some people would go forward, you know, in the invitation, but it was always the same five people that would go up, you know, every other week. I mean, that was, that was just the truth. So I watched this. I had another, another Sunday where they, you know, pastor goes, Hey, raise your hand, raise your hand. If you're struggling with something and, you know, people would raise their hand and then they'd be like, church, we need to be the light. So if you see somebody raising their hand, you need to go over to them and pray with them and people moving all over the place. You know putting their putting their arms on people you know and and praying with them and it's like this is is this what it's supposed to be like like this is you know i hadn't experienced that and those emotions that come with that um anyways those are the things that again from from how we were raised to now to what truly does the bible say and jeremy i think you had a lot of those things of of uh what truly matters and why are we even going to church in the first place um these are it's it's tough but um, i'll tell you one more thing more more a little bit funny but this is where we are at we we scoped out a lot of churches um so for us covid related we we went to a church one sunday and we went in the parking lot and we did the old people watching for a couple minutes we just watch people as they walk in and all of a sudden we see on the way in they're taking people's temperatures on their way in we turned the car on and we left like we want nothing to do with that. It's like, if that's, that's insanity. If, if it's like, if you call people, if you call, if these are Christians that are going to this church and they're not wise enough to stay home, if they have the flu or they are really sick, I, that's, that's insane to me. So, so you're going to, we're going to take your temperature. What are they going to do if my temperature was 102? Are they going to literally, they're going to kick me out. Like I, that's just, it's anyway, that was crazy to me. So So, I'm interested to hear, though, I know Ryan and uh, Matt and all three, you know, Don, you guys have all searched for churches, I believe, and switched churches. Is there anything that you guys can add that can, you know, kind of maybe shed some light on this topic? Because it's been tough for us.
0: Yeah, I think I'll I'll just share a little bit. We, during the pandemic, when, you know, I think probably every one of our churches, at least for a, a short period of time, if not for months, met, you know, met virtually or did, did an online thing. And I think that really caused us to pause and, and, and reflect right in, in, in those unique times. And so Casey and I did that. And uh, one of the things that that we recognized was, as we listened, you know, not only to our church, but then, Hey, you hear about, you know, every church is doing online stuff. So we started listening a little bit more to, uh, to Alistair Begg. Uh, the his church is in our area, Parkside Church, and uh, it was it was very uh, insightful to listen to the preaching for us, and to 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 do a comparison. And I think uh, we recognize that that is that preaching is 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 critical and is the pinnacle of the of the worship service. That that teaching and exhortation uh, of doctrine uh, was really critical, and so it's put us on a path. Um, to, to to be at a church, and we're in the process right now of, of joining Parkside. Um, but it really was for us the the, the preaching and teaching, yeah. and just recognize, man, that that is what we need. And I think uh, there's a lot of churches that you can you know, certainly feel good at and serve at. There's nothing wrong with feeling good necessarily, but when we were able to kind of sit back and and take a look at what was being preached, and it was it was the full counsel of God? Was it, or was it just like a nice trite little message that helped me feel better, or you know, my, my my kid feel better? Or is it really I'm diving in and understanding how God works throughout history and what His plan is at each step, and understanding His His sovereignty and His His uh, His grace and His mercy in, in in our life, and how does that how does that relate to, you know, in the whole, you know, whole Christian worldview of things, uh, that that preaching for us was was pretty impactful, yeah, uh, and has is, is charted the course at least where we're at um, about ready to join uh, join a church, join our next church.
1: That's good. You know, one thought I had too was when you strip that, you know, strip all the American uh, stuff that we we put into our worship services away. If you look at a picture of what's happening in Ukraine and they're still having church, uh, what's important to them? And I can tell you that those pastors, those local pastors are inviting people down to their bomb shelter, their basements, saying, we're still going to worship Jesus, but what we're doing is we're going to preach the gospel. And I, I think, Matt, to your point, preaching is is it. That is it. It's not that we don't do the other things, but when you have everything else stripped away, what's left? And the gospel, the Bible, and his word and his truth. And what comes forth from that is singing and praying and fellowship and all of those other things that add into that. And uh, yeah, I think uh, as Americans, we can take a huge, huge lesson from some of those churches right now that are under attack big time and have been displaced and moved to Poland, other places. Um, But they still, and, and really from what I understand, the gospel is thriving there right now. Um, And churches are just exploding because of the fact that truth is important and people are willing to hear it right now.
2: Yeah, I'll just uh, jump in here quickly. I know we don't have a ton of time left, but um, when we got to Kansas City and we kind of went through the new members um, orientation, as it were, I remember the pastor there sharing that, you know, He's he's grateful that it is a healthy church. Now, I, I don't know how you measure that per se, maybe with a thermometer, that would be a good start, right? Um, but no, I th- and that's great. I think I think if you can figure out is it a healthy church? Um, is the focus worship and from the preaching, is it all about the Lord, the glory of the Lord? I think that's another good measure. And uh, you know, something that was shared in one of my churches that I wasn't as big of a fan of back in the day but I do remember him saying this from the pulpit. I, I It's always stuck with me as wise. You know, if you ever are relocated, do you take into consideration what churches are like in that local area? Uh, a lot of people, they wouldn't. They're like, okay, I'm just going to relocate, boom, and then I'll just end up. But for us as Christians, I think that should be a high priority is to, is to figure out, can I find that good church in the area? And so it is something I'm mindful of. And the last thing I'll say, Kenny, and you, you alluded to this is, with daughters, we have daughters similar age to your daughter. I, I think knowing who are the influencers and the influencers in that age group, uh, are they going to be good influences? What What is the youth group like? Uh,
3: I, I want to know that at this point too. So, I'll add real quickly to that um, kind of building off what you said, Ryan, and also kind of going into what Matt said as well, because when we were looking for a church, um, we were we, I think we look for the wrong reasons. We, we wanted, we, we started out with, okay, because we had young kids, where, are they, where, where do they have a good uh, children's program? Where do they have a good youth group, blah, 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 blah. And I think that that's important, but I think it, uh, it, it isn't realistic because what you need to look for, Kenny, when you're looking for a church is where you, where are you and your wife going to thrive? Because that's the most important relationship in the house at that point in time, and that always stays the same, no matter what, no matter how many kids you have, or if you don't have any kids, because that relationship, if you are at a church where you and your wife are thriving, that's only going to benefit your kids, and if... um, if they if the, if they just see you going to church and you know doing the motions and just going to Sunday just going to the services and that's it, not getting involved or not getting serving, then then uh, then then you're not doing them any favor. So I think I think it's most important to choose a church where you and your wife uh, are are going to thrive, and and that's that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, Don, that's great. I, I do agree. And I think, I think that's, that's great wisdom. Kenny, I know that um, you, you know, some of the things that, that you've, you've voiced here tonight, surely uh, needs to be in, on our minds to pray for you and your family. And, and that's an important thing. And, and hopefully God brings that to a resolution, you know, uh, sooner than later, uh, just because I know that that is an important piece to the puzzle of, as Don said, marriage, but also for uh, your daughter. Um, and then also you've got you've got something to share with us for um, you know fix your eyes. So why don't you why don't you kind of transition into that?
4: Take us away and finish our uh, podcast with some thoughts. Good. Well, guys, first off, I get yeah, appreciate you letting me join you again. And uh, both are some really good thoughts, Don. Again, that's you know what Don and shared at the end <laughs> there.
0: Oh, wait, hold on a second.
3: Do you <laughs> see what's going? On? Don's yeah. got a D O double G. We, we've
4: got some stuff going <laughs> on.
3: This knowledge is not. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the dowage.
2: Argo, you know? we need you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. struggle.
3: He's uh, he's, he's, like, he's like he can't get enough of me for some reason. I don't know what his deal is. He's, Jen left me gone. Yeah, Jed's gone. Let's be honest. Yep. That's right. he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's that's our gone. dog too. So, uh,
4: <laughs> but no, anyways, he's guys. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. Um, thinking about again what you said, Don, and focusing on Sadie and I and that's the one thing I can say the two churches we've been a part of the preaching has been incredible like I, I moved almost every single Sunday and um, and I think there's things that I can learn from this because there's there is alternatives uh, you know my daughter's old enough where she can sit in the service if we don't if we don't like the uh, you know the, the youth ministry at that moment or whatever we can you know she can sit in the service we did when we were this age um, so again I appreciate some of those thoughts and and um, and along those lines so I'm going to talk about um, in Fix Your eyes, I want to talk about a topic of forgiveness. Um, this was something that um, hit me hard about nine, 10 months ago. One of the first sermons I heard down here in one of the, in the church, we're not going to this church anymore is the first one. but again, the preaching just it, it was very relevant. Um, and, and maybe it wasn't it wasn't super, you know, it might not have been super deep, um, but it was really relevant. and um, I want to read a couple of verses um in colossians three thirteen, uh, is the first one you know it says therefore as the elect of god holy and beloved put on tender mercies kindness humility meekness long-suffering bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another even as christ forgave you so you m- also must do so that's the first thing talking about forgiveness i mean it's not it's not a there's no question you must do this <laughs> if we call ourselves christians um ephesians 4 32 is this is a popular verse be kind one to another tender hard, uh, forgiving one another even as god in christ forgave you um so and then the the, the big one i'm going to talk about tonight is is the the parable of the unforgiving servant um it's matthew 18 21 through 35 i'm just going to read the first two verses then peter came to him and said lord how often shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him up to seven times jesus said to him i do not say to you up to seven times but up to 70 times seven and now as we talk about this for all of us on here and everybody probably listening most of it listening this is we've heard this our entire lives right we've heard this the parable and the 70 times seven and does it mean 490 well no of course it means you're you're to have a forgiving spirit spirit period but what really hit me you know as a 40 whatever it was 41 years old when i when i uh listen to the sermon. So (laughs) preacher takes, he does an object lesson and he takes out this, uh, this bag of rice. He's got this little pile of rice on the table. He has, he puts a table out there. He's got this little teeny pile of rice. He goes, you forgive somebody 70 times seven. This pile of rice is 490, you know, uh, things against you. You know, like this one, my boss said something mean to me, you know, my friend, you know, gave me a dirty look or they made fun of me in front of, whatever whatever we hold on to, right? So then he so then he went into, um, I got to find my number. He said, think about us as humans. If we sinned three times a day and we live to be 75 years old. So three times a day, 75 yeah. years old, um, that would be 82,125 sins in our lifetime. So then he pours out, he takes this massive pile of rice and he, he pours it on the table. And this thing is just mounds. And he, and he picks up handfuls. He goes, he goes, Jesus forgave every single one of these for you. And he goes, uh, he goes, and yet he takes us a lot. And then you're holding on to this because your boss, you know, my boss fired me from, from my old job. So I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to this. You know, this person gave me, you know, said something that I didn't like. They, whatever it was, whatever it is that we are human flesh, you know, we hold on to things because we're prideful and we don't want to be wronged. He goes, Jesus forgave all of these. And yet you're going to hold on to this thing. And I'm sitting there again, in a pool of tears. Like, I'm like, I'm like why? I'm like, I, I'm supposed to come to church and it's supposed to feel good. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I left there realizing, you know, I just moved down here realizing, man, I, I had some issues um, in Minnesota that I hadn't, I, you know, I had hoped would just go away. Hmm. And um, so, you know, it, it was, it was really amazing. I came home and was talking to Sadie about it and I realized I needed to do take care of some stuff and I you know when I, I sent uh you know I talked to talked to somebody in my life very close to me and I said hey I I forgive you for these things that have you know that have, that that I was harboring I don't even think they knew I was harboring these things because of other things they were dealing with but I listed out I said I I was you know I was upset about these whatever things and I said I I want you to know that I forgive you for those things And, um, it was interesting, um, because the conversation went to, you know, I'm sorry. And I'm glad we apologize to each other. And I said, it's, I'm like, you're not, you don't get it. It's not about saying, I'm sorry. I said, this is about forgiveness because I didn't, I didn't want an apology. I don't need an apology. And that's the, that's the thing I want, I wanted to talk about tonight too. I don't think anywhere in the Bible, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anywhere in the Bible, it talks about, you need to go apologize to people. But what I do see, and maybe it does. I might have, I might have missed it, but I do see you need to have a forgiving spirit. You must forgive. It doesn't matter what they've done to you. You must forgive. Um so I know we are all humans. We hold on to things, and we are we want that apology. We want to make, we want people to feel make us feel good, and, man, vindication, right? No, it's not about that. Jesus forgave us for everything that we've ever done and are conti- going to continue to do we don't have that right to hold on to that, to that grudge. So I'm going to leave you with three quick points here in, you know, regarding this thing. And one is when I focus on what's been done to me, I forget what's been done for me. So that was, that was pretty, you know, again, I mean, I was getting hits with dirt, you know, hit with darts on this message. I'm like, Oh, for Pete's sake, you know? So um, it also, number two is a forgiven person. So a born again believer is a forgiving person, and that's what I said earlier. How can I, as a believer, harbor things that have happened to me? You know, when I've been forgiven tens of thousands of times, how can I hold on to that stuff? And it just it changed my spirit. It changed everything about me. Like it, I like I felt a change. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Um, and then the third third point, he goes, "What if Jesus forgave us the way that we forgive others?" And so, you know, so that's what I wanted to leave you guys with. And the listeners of this is something that hit me pretty hard. It's so important. We've all heard it. We've all heard it thousands of times. And but that picture of it, just using little rice, you know, rice grains of rice. I'm like, Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, how can I can't do this? It's so wrong. How can I, I can't be an acting Christian an active Christian if I'm harboring that stuff. So that's what I got for you guys.
0: No, that's great, Kenny. Thanks for sharing. I, I think uh, some really good conversation about church and, and forgiveness. And I think, uh, you know, church is where we hear uh, from God. It's where we can encourage each other to to keep pursuing Christ. And uh, it's a it's a critical thing. Uh, it's not something that uh, we should take lightly. And I appreciate yeah, kind of your heart and your sharing you know, part yeah. of your journey we will be I said be in prayer. And and hopefully, uh, you know, it sounds like there's some good things at this church. And, you yeah. know, if God leads you in that, uh, that'd be great to see you guys plugging in there. But Um, That's great. Well, from the great state of Florida, that's a wrap on episode 51 on this, the 31st day of March, year of our Lord, 2022. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix pod. Join us on our journey.